Welcome to Coindesk Reports. I'm Rob Mitchell, Coindesk's podcast deputy editor. If you could go back to 2013, would you have guessed that a brand new cryptocurrency without any novel technology would seven years later surpass a $10 billion market cap? Would you have guessed that something called Dogecoin, that inflates by 5 billion coins every year and is basically just about having fun with a dog meme, would seven years later be championed by the world's richest man? It just goes to show the power of the right meme at the right time. Today, for the first time since 2014, a Doge car is participating in a NASCAR race. With all this Doge stuff going on, it seemed like the right time to get back in touch with Penguino, an old crypto friend who is an active icon in the original Los Angeles Dogecoin community. Let's jump right in to my conversation with Penguino, currently in progress. Not for an interview. So anyway, hi. Hey. <laughs> I met you in person at, I don't know, early, mid-2013 Bitcoin meetup before Dogecoin existed. Yeah. Uh, and I, I can't remember, were you an organizer of that meetup? No, there was a guy named Josh who did the LA meetups. Um, and I went to the early one. I think I was taking pictures or something. And we met there. And then when I started running Satoshi Square, you would come to those events. Right, right. And how did you first get into Bitcoin? I was friends with people that were pretty active in Bitcoin very early on. And just in my tech circles, I'd always heard of it. When it hit about $80, uh, me and a friend of mine decided we were going to drop everything and go buy a Bitcoin. So that was our project that afternoon was to try to figure out how to do that and get done on it because the price was going really high that day. So yeah, back then there was a service that you could buy it at 7-Eleven. So my friend... Just went around everywhere trying all these different retail spots to get a Bitcoin for us. Was that like through BitInstant? I think so. Charlie Shrems? Yeah, it's still like 2013. They worked that way for a little bit and then that service went away and you weren't able to buy it very easily after that. So I don't even know exactly when Dogecoin came out, but it was a thing and I didn't know much about it. And But you seemed to really get involved right away. Can you tell me about your start with Dogecoin? I don't remember how I heard about it. Probably just I'm really active on Twitter and I really like memes. I really like the Doge meme in particular. And so when it came out, a culture just kind of popped up where everybody was using these Twitter bots to tip each other. And they were doing it on Reddit to a much larger extent. But you would load the tip bot with Dogecoin and then just tag people in these epic Twitter trains where you would have like 10 people tagged and you would give everybody like a thousand doge and the person at the end of the train would feel bad about letting it end so they would reply and tag 10 more people so your notifications would blow up and we it would just be a day of people throwing money at each other like all day and it was just really fun like you could buy like 20 dollars worth of dogecoin and you'd feel very rich and you could just give it away to people and it was no big deal and people were so positive and friendly and happy to get the coins and to pass it on to the next person that culture didn't exist with any other coin what I ended up doing was throwing events in LA for Dogecoin. We always had a Dogecoin presence at Satoshi Square, which was the meetup that we ran. And we worked with Meltdown Comics to throw a big Doge party. So we had a bunch of people were out for that. We live streamed the whole thing. So there were like 300,000 people watching on Twitch at the time. We had a bunch of Shiba Inus show up with QR codes that we attached to all their collars. And you could walk up to a Shiba Inu and tip it. You know, each dog was competing to get the most tips. All the money went to a Shiba Inu rescue charity. We had people doing mining demos. So if you wanted to learn more about cryptocurrency, 
you could talk to people about that. Different uh, Dogecoin themed Kickstarter games, video games, lots of artwork and stuff. And that was all at Meltdown Comics in Hollywood. Was it 100% about fun or was there any other motivation to be so into Dogecoin and to do all this? We were also using it as a introduction to cryptocurrency. At the time, me and my friends are really into just getting mainstream adoption. Anytime we saw a restaurant that would accept Bitcoin or Dogecoin or something, we would try to go and check it out and support. So it was kind of in that vein of letting mainstream LA know what cryptocurrency was and that it could be useful. It didn't have to be something you day traded. It could be something you could use every day. And also anytime I was teaching somebody like how wallets worked, I always used Dogecoin because there was less of a scary risk of like, if you screw up, it's fine. It's just Dogecoin. But if you like lose Bitcoin, people get all weird about it. Even back then, Dogecoin was just friendly and approachable. So at the same time, the community on Reddit was doing really, really crazy things. They're trying to get brand recognition for Dogecoin. They wanted people to know what the coin was. And they wanted to do something really fun and silly at the same time. There was a NASCAR Reddit group approached the Dogecoin group and asked for help to sponsor one of their underdog race car drivers, um, this guy named Josh Wise. He basically had his number 98 car that was going to go to the Talladega uh, NASCAR race. And so within about a week, everybody on Reddit did the equivalent of throwing pennies at a big idea and got this race car sponsored for, I think, like $30,000 or something to go to NASCAR. So that was probably one of the bigger things that they did. And then there was a promotion called Doge for Water, which worked with Charity Water to build wells in Africa. I don't remember exactly how much they raised, but I think it was around 30K, 40K. There was another group that was doing a charity that trained dogs that would help like special needs kids. And then they sponsored the Jamaican bobsled team the year after that, after the NASCAR thing. So yeah, just being good to people was also a big part of the community and made it really appealing for me. Gotcha. And did you have parties associated with the NASCAR or anything? Yeah, yeah. For the NASCAR thing, because it was a East Coast race for LA, it was like 10 in the morning or something. We all like went to a bar that was willing to air the race and a bunch of people just, we had a little doge party at like 10 in the morning watching the uh, NASCAR car drive in circles. It was really, really fun. How many people came and seemed really involved in Doge to these uh, local LA parties? So the Meltdown Comics one, Doge Party, had about 300 people, I think. What percentage of those people like knew what Dogecoin was and how many were just coming for a cool party, do you think? I think everybody that came wanted to learn more about it if they didn't already. So maybe not all of them owned Dogecoin, but they were all interested in learning. We had DJs and stuff, but it wasn't like a party where the whole point was to go dance to DJs and stuff. It was definitely a party where you're going to be exposed to a lot of Dogecoin and celebrate it and learn more about it. I think half the people were really, really into it and half the people had no idea, especially the people that were there because they saw it was a Shiba Inu thing. We basically said, if you had a Shiba Inu and you live in LA, you should come to this party. And so we'd have random people show up with their dogs and that was really great. Wow. So when about was this? like 2014, I think. That seems like a pretty impressive amount of people. If you say half that, 150 people were actual Dogecoin aficionados like for 2014. LA had a pretty good Dogecoin presence, especially at Satoshi Square, our meetup. I think that's where a lot of them got exposed to it. Okay. And I'd only been to them before Dogecoin was part of the mix, I guess. (laughs) Um, 
So with Satoshi Square, it was like a Bitcoin meetup at first and people would come and sell like mining rigs and stuff like that. But eventually people wanted to trade altcoins or learn more about different altcoins there too. As cryptocurrency kept evolving, so were people's interests. Any interesting stories from a Satoshi Square that would be fun to tell? And I don't think any specific stories out of Satoshi Square, but I think the interesting thing was Satoshi Square was the only event that you could go to and trade cryptocurrency with another person, let's just person or person, where most people these days, just these exchanges, they might use something like Robinhood. And the personal factor of just trying to figure out how to get your wallets to work together like in real time isn't something that is done that often unless you're trying to buy a cheeseburger with Bitcoin or something. Since people don't really know what Satoshi Square was, it was a Bitcoin meetup that anybody could go to that was always in a public place like a park that was also subway accessible. So people could be anonymous if they wanted to. And it let anybody from all walks of life come and meet other people that liked cryptocurrency. Um, we'll have kids that find us through Reddit. Their moms will bring them on vacation just to like meet other crypto people. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyone that was kind of active in the scene at the time kind of rolled through. A lot of people went on to develop different like crypto projects. Oh, man. I hadn't even thought about that. So you met a lot of people at your Satoshi Squares. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy seeing everything get really corporate after that. Because before, it was maybe a third just programmers that just really liked the technology, a third just people that wanted the financial freedom aspect of it, and then a third people that worked in finance that heard about it and were curious. And just financial freedom kind of equate to libertarian mindset? Yeah, yeah. But, I was trying yeah, to okay. say that differently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because I was thinking libertarian and you said financial freedom. So, okay, I'm thinking the same thing. Can I ask where you fit in all that? I don't program or anything, but I always thought the tech was interesting. And for me, I've actually really liked all the social aspect of everything. The Doge community always appealed to me and it still does. So I always know Jackson Palmer. I always think of him as the guy who started Dogecoin, but see, also Billy Marcus. And I'm like, oh, I never hear that name much. But uh, did you talk to those guys? Back in 2013, when I first got into cryptocurrency, to kind of document all of the stuff I was learning, um, I started a cryptocurrency magazine called Spelunkin with a couple of friends of mine. And we got to interview Bill and Jackson, actually. But that was really fun. I always used to like Jackson Palmer just on Twitter. He seemed like he always had a different point of view. And I thought it was a nice to have him in the mix. It was really sad. I, I don't remember when, but he just left Twitter at some point. Yeah, there was some negativity with the Dogecoin scene that happened, I think, late 2014 or 15, maybe. I felt like people didn't talk about a lot of things for a while. Dogecoin, I, it wasn't really on my radar a lot until recently. But had you kept up being involved in Dogecoin all this time or did you move on to other things? A lot less. I always had some around and me and my friends would still use it like as a Venmo replacement, right? Like if we went out to dinner and I needed to send someone 20 bucks, I would always throw Dogecoin out as an option and occasionally somebody will take me up on it. <laughs> but other than that, I really wasn't using it much the last five years until like what two or three weeks ago when the price went all crazy. And then it was just a mad rush for everybody that was involved with Dogecoin back in the day, uh, trying to get their wallets back up to date. It felt like a treasure hunt. Oh my gosh. So there was Counterparty that was uh, a way to tokenize things. And then Doge Party came out, 
which was nice because the fees were so much lower that you could just mint tokens for nothing. And this suddenly was a reason that I decided to buy some Dogecoin to be able to mint. Like I did this whole name squatting thing on Doge Party platform. I thought it was the greatest thing. And then like really quickly afterwards, the whole platform died. But oh, I also made a bunch of coins of everything and have lots of coins that my friends made. That was really fun. I feel parallels to that with the NFT world right now, with everybody minting their own pieces of art. Totally. I kind of grew up in that Comic-Con world, so I see the same mentality with people that are really into getting trading cards and other collectibles where they stand in line all day to get the thing they really want, just to have something to, to showcase. Have you gotten involved with NFTs yourself? I'm working on that this week. You're making some? or Yeah, I am making some. I feel like I got a crash course of Ethereum when CryptoKitties came out, and I played during that first week. Oh, you were involved? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was in the beta for that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I guess I only do cryptocurrency when it's really goofy and silly. Yeah, so tell me about the CryptoKitties experience. CryptoKitties, I was in their beta, so you got to do all the breeding, and it didn't really cost you anything to do, right? Everybody had the option to buy a special cat. And I didn't really realize how special this cat was, but I bought a couple of cats because they were a little bit cheaper. I'm like, cool, I have these cats now. It turns out the cats I bought were like these magical cats that could infinitely breed and make other cats. And so I was pumping out cats faster than a lot of other people. And I, I made more money on Crypto Kitties than I think anybody else I knew. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And so at the same time, there were so many people playing that it kind of crashed the entire Ethereum network. Like the whole thing was unusable. The gas fees were really, really high. So yeah, learning about the gas fees and how all that stuff works. To be able to get your cats to breed, you had to learn all that. From when CryptoKitties went live to when the whole network got... One week. Wow. So you had a good week. And then... <laughs> After that, everybody got mad because there were bugs. Uh, Ethereum was really expensive. Ethereum was really slow. It lost a lot of players. But there's still people playing and people are building on that network. For me, it was like the first NFTs. So how did you first find out the Dogecoin price was pumping? Probably the same way I find everything out when I see Twitter freaking out about something. What was your thought? I got really excited that it was going up to a penny. I'm like, oh, yay, it's at a penny again. That's cool. Uh, and then we were watching the charts and it went up to two pennies. And I'm like oh my God, this has never happened. I got to sell my stuff right now so I can like get onto this and rebuy it. And then it kept going and it skyrocketed up. And uh, I definitely sold my stuff way too early. And then it was just a massive crunch to like go find old wallets and, and figure out what happened to all the Dogecoin that I bought over the years. You sold every, all the Dogecoin you could find. Every, if you found it, you sold it. Like, it's not <laughs> like I'll sell half of it and maybe you're like, I'm well, selling anything... You know, so my thought process was, I, I'm definitely going to rebuy when it drops back down again. I didn't think that it would maintain at 05. For the past seven years or six years or whatever, Dogecoin has always been kind of around a penny for the last while, I guess. For it to stay above a penny for this long is kind of crazy. It was being propelled by people being really excited about it on Twitter and Elon Musk being really excited about it. I didn't think that stuff was sustainable, but I think there's enough people that want it to be a fun currency to play with that it has a good shot of just sustaining and growing and building. There's more people wanting to do Dogecoin projects now than there have been in the last four years. So 
I'm definitely rebuying now to play with it again. <laughs> Do you have any particular take on Elon Musk's, um, all his stuff with Dogecoin? So every time Elon Musk would tweet, the price would go up and people started just begging him to tweet more because they wanted to recoup any of their losses or they just wanted it to go up again. There's a lot of people coming in from Robinhood mostly that have never worked with cryptocurrency before. They've never really paid attention to it and they don't understand how volatile it is and they don't understand the basic rules that most of us follow, which are never put in more than you can afford to lose. I saw people talking about getting loans out for buying Dogecoin, people skipping rent payments, things like that. And those were all fairly concerning to me. Like, don't borrow money from somebody to buy Dogecoin. It's too risky. Like, what it's doing right now is fairly unusual, and you shouldn't risk something on that, especially when it's something you don't really know anything about. So in the middle of all this, I ended up jumping into a Discord called Doge Army and helping newbies learn more about cryptocurrency. And it was a lot of Robinhood people that we were trying to guide into learning how to use wallets and stuff or making accounts on exchanges to buy more safely and trade more safely. So the people who were not paying for their rent or taking out loans or whatever, what do you think inspired them to put so much into Dogecoin? There was a push on Twitter for Doge to $1, right? That was the hashtag on Twitter. So a lot of people on Twitter and I think on TikTok just really believed for a couple of days that Dogecoin, if everybody bought and didn't sell, that Dogecoin could tomorrow go to a dollar, which the fact that it went to 10 cents was amazing and crazy, but I thought that was fairly unrealistic of a thing to happen. The reason that Dogecoin's at 5 cents right now is because of that newer community that has come in that really want to see Dogecoin be kind of the new Bitcoin, the actual usable currency that's crypto. Was there also some kind of a Wall Street bets kind of move on when they limited trading on uh, GameStop and what was the AMC other? AMC and Nokia. With Robinhood, everybody knows the Wall Street bets thing happened where GameStop price was going up and everybody wanted to get in on that. And then it started looking too expensive. There's another subreddit called Satoshi Street Bets. And that subreddit started hyping up Dogecoin. And that's part of what spurred the Doge to $1 thing. And so as people couldn't buy GMC and AMC on, on Robinhood because they were getting locked down, everybody started buying Dogecoin on Robinhood. And as that got locked down, every other major crypto exchange got flooded. Like Binance, their stuff just wasn't working. Kraken was crashing like all the time. Like anybody, even if you already had an account, like my friends on there just couldn't trade the Dogecoin out of it. The Doge network was so overloaded that it was taking like half an hour for transactions to go through. It was just bonkers for an entire day. And that was the day that Dogecoin went from like one or two cents to like eight cents. I've never really seen anything like that. The closest was like CryptoKitties Week. Do you think there's anything interesting you still have to say about Dogecoin that I haven't gotten out of you? It has been really cool to watch the new projects come out of the community. Billy is back and inspiring a new generation of Dogecoin fans. Um, he's doing a Dogecoin game jam where people can just make Dogecoin-themed minigames. And there's no prizes or anything. Everyone's just doing it for fun. It's just a cool way to like hang out and do a Doge thing together. I'm hoping with all the attention on the coin that a good uh, charity project will come up. But I haven't seen anything so far. 
with so much attention on Doge and so much attention on NFTs, I think there's any chance they could relaunch Doge Party or something even better? Like, <laughs> I truly hope so. I really, really want to do a Dogecoin NFT. Like the NFTs that I'm making, I'm going to draw some Doge ones, but it seems silly to me that you can't use Dogecoin to buy a Doge NFT. And now that Dogecoin is linked to the Ethereum network, it seems like something you should be able to do. It was the one thing I got so attached to. But if there's a second layer like NFT, you know, on Doge. I think they should do it because the communities there, everybody has Dogecoin now. And the biggest complaint about NFTs is that Ethereum is too expensive to use. Dogecoin's still really cheap. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Pinguino. It was really good to kind of catch up with you and hear a bunch of Doge history. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Click. Ha, 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 ha.